Welcome to the I Heart My Life show with success coach Emily Williams. Tune in daily to learn how to design a life you love, create more success and wealth, move past fear and blocks, and bring more joy into your life and business. It's time to create a life that's better than your dreams. Today I have a, an absolutely amazing guest for you, a really good friend of mine, an inspiration to us all. We have the amazing Jason Van Orden with us today. Thank you for joining us, Hi, Jason. James. My pleasure. Thank you. So for those of you who don't know Jason, this man is uh, hes such an incredible guy who's got such an amazing story. Uh, Jason is a business and brand strategist to thought leaders. Um, Jason helps thought leaders reach larger audiences with their ideas create new income streams from their expertise and build business models that align with their goals. As a consultant, trainer and strategist, he draws from 13 years of researching top influencers as well as personal guidance gained by launching over 60 online courses, teaching more than 7,000 entrepreneurs, generating $6 million in online course sales and 8 million downloads of his podcast. Absolutely incredible. His mission is to help more visionaries with impactful ideas reach the people they serve the best and the problems they are uniquely positioned to solve. Welcome to the show, Jason. That's a really impressive yeah. resume. <laughs> Thanks, James. You've done some it's amazing stuff, man. You know, it's, uh, it's really interesting, all of that journey, but what we really want to know from our guests on this show is, is there's a point before all of that. There's somewhere way back in time where something shifted for you. Something made you think, do you know what? There's, there's, a, there's a life out there for me that I don't know what it is, but it's, it's something different and, and I've got to chase after it. What was that for you, do you think? There was a convergence of a couple things. I was an engineer following the status quo plan. Uh, I'd been an engineer for about three years. At a year into that job, it just became clear that um, I, I needed to find something else. I, I was like, I can't see myself doing this. And I, and I thought it was it. At first it was engineering, but really it was just that whole corporate nine to five. I, I needed to be more in control of my time, my creativity, my pursuits. And a couple things finally, you know, you might realize that, but then breaking through whatever barriers or fear that are in the way of actually considering that another thing. And one thing that happened is that there was a day, um, I, I believe it was a Tuesday when all of a sudden the phone started ringing and the, the you know, engineering department were just cubicles of engineers and stuff. And uh, one by one, friends start kept coming back to their desks with boxes, you know, to pack up and, and leave. And I remember in that moment thinking, oh, my gosh, what if I get laid off today? Um, you know, this has been about 2002, 2000, yeah, about 2002, you know. And, and so this is kind of the post 9-11 slump of, of uh, economy stuff hitting. And um, in that moment, a, a realization came to me as I was processing that um, that the the paycheck week to week paycheck was actually not a secure thing that I was just as at risk as anything out there. And if I was going to try, if, if I wanted any kind of control over, you know, we can't, there's a lot we can't control in life, but any kind of more influence over, you know, work and consistent income and things like that, uh, the best thing I could do is go and learn to be an entrepreneur, a business owner, because as an employee, it was an illusion. It was absolutely up to my boss and the CEO and whoever else that was pushing the beans and counting the beans to decide whether or not I kept that job. And that was a big opening uh, in my mind. And then the second thing that happened is that finally I got to a point where I was um, 
just horribly depressed and I didn't necessarily realize it. Thank God my, my wife realized it. And she finally said, you know, you're just not, I can just tell you're just not yourself. And, you know, it was manifesting in like hitting the snooze button three or four or five times in the morning and just being slower and less happy and maybe a little more, uh, you know, cranky and less, you know, driven for, for life. And, and my, my wife has always been a really great, uh, you know, at seeing me at encouraging me and at reminding me to, ask myself what I need and go and figure out how to get it. And so finally one evening she said, what, what would make you feel happier? And I said, well, just getting out of this job and doing something else. But I, I haven't quite figured that out yet. I had been pursuing different things, trying out real estate investing. And and finally we just sat down in this huge bean bag that we had in our front room and, and listed out the nine fears. I remember now, it was, I remember still it was nine specific. I don't remember what they were. Hopefully I've got that in a journal somewhere and just started processing uh, each one of them and whether, you know, how true they were, what would happen, how bad would it be if it, even though those fears actually happened. I know like health insurance, what am I going to do about health insurance, which is, you know, now in hindsight seems like such a silly thing to worry about, but we do. Right. And then it was bigger things like what if I fail? And, and by the time we were done with that journal page of nine, you know, and I don't remember how long we talked an hour or two, it was like, okay, I picked a date. And August 13th, 2003, I, uh, I walked out for the last time and, and never looked back as an employee. That's amazing. Um, Let's just hold yeah, it so, there for a sec because everything you're saying, like how many people in the world can resonate with the first part of that story, right? Being, I know I was there, being in a job with that false sense of security. Oh, right. you know, I'd rather have the paycheck and be in a corporation where I've got less responsibility and there's guaranteed income and a mortgage plan and all this kind of stuff. And it, it, it's that false sense of security, right? Um, and it's so interesting. But what you did, and I'd love to dig into why, is that process you went through is amazing. To first go through and list all of the th things that have been stopping you from taking that leap. Because you knew that you were unhappy, especially when your wife supported you and kind of admitting that. But then right. to list out, okay, well, why, what are all the reasons that are keeping me where I am? What are the things that I'm scared of? To go through all of them and realize how many of them either aren't true or are no, are no more or less true than they would be if you stayed. What mm -hmm. led you to take that step? Was that your wife encouraging you there? Or? Yeah, and, and you know, it, this is an interesting time for this question to come up because I've been doing uh, therapy the last few months after my father passed away. I've wanted to do therapy for years. It took my father passing away for me to finally go, okay, I'm gonna go and, <laughs> and go to therapy because this is probably a good time. And, and actually, this is very relevant in that one thing I've noticed that too often in my life, it is, and I hope this is not true of everyone, but I've noticed this for myself recently. It has, had, it has required me being in a very dark rock bottom place for me to finally start making the big change. Right. And thank goodness, again, that I have somebody in my life that sees that and, and points it out to me, reflects it back, asks me the question, what do you want and need? Now, I'm working on being better at asking myself that, even on a daily basis. You know, this just showed up in my life, you know, in, in so many different ways. But... It, it makes a huge difference to have that advocate in our life. And it may be a spouse, it may be a mentor, it may be a, a good friend, it may be, you know, as we talk about masterminds and things like that, and hopefully you do have those people that you, see you really for who you are, are willing to say things, uh, step up when you need help, you can be vulnerable with them so that they really know what's going on. So that was a key element, that has absolutely been a key element. But then also, um, I, I mean, I do wanna give myself credit that I, I am able to do the hard thing to have what I really want 
or to do what is, you know, in the end, really the most conducive to well-being, happiness, uh, integrity, things like that. So, you know, a convergence of, of, of uh, but that required some mindset shifts and it required some willingness to be uncomfortable for a while. But knowing that it's like, I guess the pain got so bad that the uncertainty of the future seemed like no longer as scary or as bad as uh, the pain of going to work every day. Right. Um, I hope I can get to more of a point where it doesn't take those big things, but it's actually, as I think of two or three really big shifts in my life, there's been something, like it took my dad dying for me to finally go to therapy when for about five years I thought, I'd like to go to therapy and work a few things out that I know are holding me back. Mm. It took uh, this big thing, and does that require that? I don't know, that's been on my mind lately. I'd like to get to a place where I don't have to get to a really dark or difficult mode to finally go what do i need and then to go and do it right right what do you think that's going to take to to get to that point and recognize it before it's like punching you in the face mm -hmm. uh it's gonna be a habit that needs to be built but that habit i'm not even going to form it i am working on it now uh it comes down to self-efficacy which is made up of two pieces which is kind of a way of looking at confidence self-efficacy is number one your confidence in your ability to achieve the thing that you want um, and we can derive that self-efficacy from a lot of different places. And at times it has been my wife saying, I know you can do this. And that's one thing, like when somebody who we trust or is in the authority, a teacher, a mentor, a coach that we've hired says, I know you can do this. It gives us a boost in self-efficacy. Clearly our own action. And you know, this is a high performance coach action. Our own action leads to self-efficacy. And then vicariously, the stories of others leads us to believe we can do it. If we're like, oh, and that's why podcasts and, and things like that are amazing. You hear interviews and you're like, that person's like me and they did it. I think I could do it too. Right. I was getting that through books and, uh, and thankfully getting out and going to a, like a real estate investing club where people like me were pursuing freedom from the nine to five. Clearly I didn't end up in, in real estate investing, but the second piece though of self-advocacy is so, so important. And this is the one I've had that first piece for a very long time. I do feel very capable sometimes maybe even to, uh, my, my detriment is like, Oh, I can do this. But what I've realized is the second piece of self-efficacy is what's been missing, and that is the belief that you deserve to have the success. Mm -hmm. So not only capable, but once you have that, that you deserve having it. And sometimes it's taken my wife going, what do you need? What do you want out of life right now in this moment? And, and so that's what I'm working on. I and mean, clearly therapy has been helping, but also just reading about, you know, self-compassion. I love Brene Brown stuff about shame and vulnerability. Um, you know, there's all kinds of stuff we can use to, to repattern and reformat and form those habits. But now that I see that I've had this chink in my armor about believing I deserve the things I want and desire, and I have theories about why that got trampled out of me, um, probably more than we can go in on this particular call, though I'm always willing to talk about them. Um, now I'm going like, okay, how do I make it a natural habit for me to immediately, when I'm starting to feel some kind of pain, go, what do I need? What do I want? What kind of support would be helpful? And that might be reaching out for help. That might be going... This is ridiculous. This expectation I've placed on myself, I'm going to renegotiate it or whatever the case may be. Actually do something about it rather than stay in the pain. Yeah, no, that's so important. I, I, I hear what you're saying and it's really interesting and very common. I think that it's all too easy to, to recognize what other people need and serve right. them. And I know you, you're an extremely generous and giving person. You do that effortlessly. Um, and some, somewhere where you and I have something in common in, in, a, in the growth that we go through and we will always go through in our lives is, is actually recognizing that the service that you give to all those people that you already serve is only gonna be greater 
when mm. you're serving from a stronger place, which means yeah. serving the, the first person, the number one client, as I call it first, right, is ourselves. Right. Is that mm -hmm. if we don't recognize what we need first, then we're just serving everyone from um, a weaker place, from a, from a half empty cup. Yeah. Um, and and sadly, I bought a belief a very long time ago that only when I'm suffering am I doing enough, am I in that place to actually be good enough in the future. And it's like antithetical to what right. you just said. And uh, yeah, I'm finally to where I'm, you know, and I've had lots of success and, and I'm very grateful for it. But I'm also realizing, wow, I am super lucky to have had some of the people in my life to give me those nudges in the right mm -hmm. places. Um, and so that may be one of the absolute most important things because sometimes we just have those chinks in our armor yeah, and we don't see what we don't see. We don't know what we don't know. And it takes somebody whether to say, Hey, you don't look happy or just to say, Hey, how can I help you? Or whatever, whatever the case may be. Right. right so yeah. we get used to what's in the mirror and it, we don't know if it's good or bad. It's just what we see. Yeah. And yeah so, totally. But the great news is we don't have to do any of it alone. And that's the best thing. That's how yes. we met. That's how, you know, you know, that's how we all grow is, is, is connecting and, you know, human connections essential for human happiness, right? That's talked about over and over and over mm -hmm. again. And it, we should never feel guilty about needing people. It's a wonderful thing we get to do. Um, mm -hmm. but along that journey is, is needing ourselves. Um, Absolutely. one of the things I've, I've seen you written was, um, how you're learning or have learned to tap into that intuition, um, in order to, mm -hmm. in order to you know, look outside of yourself for, for the best answer by tapping into what you talked about it a bit. What do you really need? What are mm -hmm. the steps for those people listening? What are the first steps to tap into your intuition and, and make it work? for you? <clears throat> yeah. So where did it start? Um, switching for me? I, uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, about three or so years ago, I was having another one of these really difficult pivot kind of transitional positions in my life. And I, uh, Again, it was just that I was really miserable. And so I think I got to a point where I finally asked myself, like, well, what would make this fun? I mean, first it was, what do I need? It was like, I need a huge shift. I need a sabbatical from this business that I've had for 10 years. I had to, like, redo my thinking that that would be a failure to walk away from it. And lots of things finally got out of that. And then it was like, okay, well, what's next? And I think I'd just been, I'd allowed myself to get to such a place of not enjoying that last thing that I thankfully stopped and said, well, what would make this fun? <clears throat> and I think that's a good question to ask. But then another question I love asking, um, and I didn't realize what I was doing was tapping into my intuition, but, um, and I tell my clients this too, what am I curious about right now? Cause I have found that I think curiosity and maybe more so for me than others, I think we all might have our clues, but I have found that pretty predictably our curiosity is a really nice clue for our intuition because sometimes when I'm curious about something and I at least give myself a slice of time to explore, to experience, to, to go in that direction. And it doesn't feel like work maybe in that moment. Cause I don't see what the future outcome is going to be like, what is this worth? But so many times that I have seen those things come around and it's like, Oh, in hindsight, this was leading me to that, to that, to that. And now I'm in this place. So, you know, it, it doesn't need to look like suffering in the seat, grinding it out for eight hours. That's what society and an employee mindset have taught us work looks like. But often the work doesn't look like work. And I've had to relearn to, to trust that. So following my curiosity has been one thing. Another thing is having a lot of conversations with people. And um, 
and in those conversations, being really generous with my own ideas and thoughts and asking people about things that they struggle with and trying to find empathy for that, which helps me find empathy for myself and go, wow, we all deal with these hard things. Um, and, and so I, I finally started realizing that um, there are certain things in me that people value about how I think, how I show up, how I support them, the kinds of things I say. And we all have these unique you know, we call it unique genius and it's a bit of an amb ambiguous concept, but it, it's, it, it's how we think, how we show up, who we are, the way we problem solve, the way we support, the way we connect with people and finding your way of doing any of these things that people like get a lot of value out of, therefore realizing, A, this is my unique genius and B, oh, it has a lot of value to these people when I do that, you know, and I, I started hearing over and over again, because what I did is I went into consulting, which was a big thing that was missing. It didn't make any sense. Consulting felt like a, I'm selling my time for money. Why am I going to consulting after I had a business that was passively, I mean, passively was, you know, had the recurring income and digital courses and lots of money and not more of my time. Right. But that consulting, going back to that, it helped me be in the room with people, see what they valued in me. Uh, find new empathy for the problems other people were going through. And like I said, oh, I'm not the only one that struggles with this. Finding where my value matched up with unmet needs for the kinds of people I wanted to serve. And and then bit by bit, my self-efficacy or my confidence in that value went up and up and up. And that's where the intuition started coming from. It's like, look, if I think a thing and I'm in the room with somebody and they are asking me for help, I say it. It doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense as the most logical thing. And so it no longer needed in, you know, to be a formula that I'm taking people through to get to an answer. And as an engineer, I love those formulas, solve for the variables, do the calculus, but here's the answer at the end. And just going, you know, for my first VIP day, sitting in the room with somebody thinking, oh, I'm going to go through all these very specific step by steps and we're going to design there. In the end, what that people want, what that person wanted me to do was listen very intently and carefully follow my intuition, ask really, I mean, this is just good coaching, right? You know, ask good questions, but then also I started valuing. So then I started showing up for these VIP days, almost like not prepared. Cause I figured out what I need to do is I need to sit in and, and listen. And then I started having this confidence again in my own ideas that even if they didn't fit any kind of, this is the way it's supposed to be or look like, Trusting that if I took action on like if I asked that question I was thinking if I made that connection for someone the moment it came to my mind If I challenged the person's thought that they just said to me, especially if they've hired me to consult them And that was intuition and I had to kind of learn that so it was um, Yeah, valuing my own thoughts and how I show up for people and following my curiosity and then uh, Just having conversations and consulting people in order to just get all this input about who I am my authentic best self, as I call it, which is what I love helping other people find as well. That's amazing. And it, it really speaks to what you said about having fun. Because um, when we get curious, we get to have fun, right? We get to explore. And, you know, the opposite of curiosity is judgment. And when judgment yeah. is a decision that we don't go any further from. Totally. And um, yeah. it's, you know, it's such a fun thing to get curious about anything. If you, you know, talk about, um, say, Byron Katie and her, her discussions about judgment when it comes to people. And situations, mm. you know, not blaming situations and not, you know, thinking the world's happening to us, but actually getting curious mm. and exploring our lives and, and, and seeing it as an experiment, even if we don't know the outcome, it's crucial 
that mm -hmm. we don't need to know the outcome all the time as long as we're, like you said, attached to our best selves and we're, we know we're going in, in an authentic direction and, and we're willing to shift and twist along the way and that we see it as a kind of fun, exploratory, curious journey. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. So Jason, we're going to leave it there. We're going to jump for a quick break. But when we come back, I'd love to dive into, you mentioned it, I'd love to dive into discovering your unique genius. You mentioned it a moment. So we'll dive into a bit of that and see where you went from there. So we'll be right back after this short break. Do you want to learn how to make and attract more money in your business? If so, my iHeartMoney Live program is for you. It's a 10-week program where you can jump in, learn all about money mindset, how to transform the way you think about money, your relationship with money, and in turn, make more money in your business. So if you're interested, go to iHeartMoneyLive.com. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older, until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the I Heart My Life show. I am James Williams, and we have an amazing guest, Jason Van Orden, who's with us today. So, Jason, thank you so much for this first half, talking about, um, especially at the end there, talking about curiosity, really getting to know your best self and finding your way and, and identifying how that equates to really your unique genius. And this idea of, and I'm quoting you here, to make the greatest contribution with your work, you must discover your unique genius. Can you talk a little bit about that? Mm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think something that drives us all as human beings, like a fundamental need, right, is that need for, I mean, assuming all our basic needs are fulfilled, like, you know, survival and food and all those things. But um, is contribution, right? We want to make a contribution. We want to have a sense of meaning. And I think that's one of the key things for, for happiness and well-being, right? And I work with a lot of people who, um, you know, they've had immense success in their business, usually because of a lot of hustle. And that's, you know, that's served them well for a very long time. And at first, they, you know, they, they wanted to pursue a certain level of freedom and lifestyle for themselves. And that's why they started the business, right? And then it gets to a point, and this is what happened to me a few years ago, where it's kind of like, well, what does it all add up to? What does it all mean? Like, I, this, I don't need more money now. Like, I, you know, it's not that they have millions and millions and millions. They're just to a point where it's like, I've got all the lifestyle and freedom I need. Now what am I actually bringing to the world? Mm -hmm. And something that I found in working with entrepreneurs, uh, you know, for many, many, many years now, um, because even back with beginning entrepreneurs is I, I never liked the approach of finding your business idea by going and looking at like a list of keywords or, you know, some of these things that were very popular in the early days of the internet. It's like, Oh, find a high volume keyword and make a bit. It's like, no, find something that's inside of you that you'll just be so insanely like, 
driven to bring to the world that you'll just never want to stop even when it gets hard, right? Mm. And uh, I do a lot of thinking about, well, what does this mean, unique genius? It's, a, it's something we throw out there. And I, you know, I don't know if it was Gay Hendricks' book where it was first mentioned, uh, or I think you might call it Zone of Genius. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, Big Leap is the book that I'm referring to. Yeah. Um, I also heard of this uh, concept of unique ability from strategic coach Dan Sullivan um, when I went through his program in 2010. Um, and what I've discovered as I looked into this and, and applied it in my own life is this idea that we do have a way that we, I, I like also calling it the authentic best self, that we just, we show up in a way that's completely authentic, meaning it's like, this is just, this is what we, this is what we love. This is who we want to be free of judgment, free of any kind of shame, free of any like shoulds. Oh, the world wants us to be this way, or my parents want me to be that way. Or and like kind of, if all those expectations and shoulds were stripped away, what do you want to do? And who do you want to be? Mm. Particularly when it comes to your own growth and mastery and then contribution and uh, value to the world. And it just so happens that as an entrepreneur, the better you get at making unique value, the more money you're going to make. So my whole stance with my clients is find your unique genius. And this is going to be your greatest potential for growth, your greatest source of fuel and energy when you are building your business. It's going to be the way you create something in the world that nobody else can create. Stand in a place that only you can stand, which is a, a, something that my friend Nilfer Merchant says in her book. Um, and say the thing that only you can say because of who you are, how you think, your background, your perspective, um, your, your struggles that you've been through. And I just love that we live in an age and time where we've gone from where it had to be like Oprah Winfrey and the, you know, the, the other mainstream media people who could have the ideas and make the impact to literally anybody can have the ideas and make an impact. And we need to embrace that as a society if we ever want to solve all the problems that we have out there. There's so many populations and problems that are specific and, and need help. So the authentic best self is the answer very simply to this question or to this statement, or there's actually two statements I use with my, and I, I have my clients make a list of 10 to 15 answers to this question. I create my greatest value when, or alternatively you could say I show up my, my best when, um, and you know, you could also use, maybe it's more than two or three statements. Another way I put it sometimes is, you know, I'm my most, you know, energized and vibrant when, cause I think when you're operating in a unique genius, you are energized and vibrant, but it's about, uh, knowing the circumstances and the skills and the talents and the way of thinking. And again, this is sounding very uh, fabulous. So let me give a specific um, example. Um, I discovered that a key piece of my unique genius that, that I wasn't leveraging very well in my last business, which is one reason why I got to a point of feeling so stuck, was that I have, um, and I discovered it through a, an assessment that I can share here in a second. It's, an, it's a strength called the maximizer strength. And what that means is like if somebody sits down and is sharing a problem or an aspiration, a challenge with me, very quickly I can listen and like sit there and take notes and all of a sudden I'm gonna see here's the thing that needs to be extracted from that entire like cloudy mess and now you need to amplify that and that's gonna be, you know, and so whether it's their brand thing of like that's your TED talk, that's it right there or whether it's looking and going, this is the thing that I think is missing for you that if you did that, all of a sudden things are going to start unlocking and and I just you know I'm able to see that in the in in the mess of stuff which makes me um a, you know a good coach and consultant and another thing so that works best if I'm in the room with people whether one on one or I'm facilitating a workshop 
where it's 20, 30, 40, 50 people and I'm asking questions that are helping them unlock this. And so my new business model, I'm like, I haven't made a digital course in three or four years. I still may just to be able to impact and help more people who, you know, can't sit in the room with me, but I'm all my, all my courses and programs and things, they're about me showing up as a facilitator, as a question asker. And that is my unique genius is when I do those things. So I create my greatest value when I ask the best questions or I ask the right questions. I create my greatest value when I strive to bring clarity in everything that I do, bring clarity to others in everything that I do. And then, you know, so this also now this does start trickling down to very specific things about the kinds of programs, how I create my content. And, you know, in the online marketing space that you and I are in so many people, there's a certain ways that we're, suppo we're supposed to do things. And I think when you're starting out your business, yeah, you might need some of that. It's like, look, just go and do the so-and-so's model of Ascension products and that, bam, simple funnel. But if you want to go to this new level of thought leadership, if you want to go, whether you want to call it more mainstream, bigger impact, bigger opportunities, you got to like shed all of that and you got to figure out the niche of you and the business model of you and what aligns with you. And it might mean that your funnel is not Facebook ads to a webinar just because that's what your mastermind told you is working. In fact, you have the wherewithal to go like, no, that doesn't work for me when I do that. And in fact, it's a completely different thing. When I do that, I show up at my best and it works and having confidence in that intuition. So that's, uh, I, I threw a lot out there, but that's kind of around unique genius. Um, a number of the things that, uh, that come to mind for me. That's amazing. And I think you're so right that before you can even be confident that you are going in the right direction, you're building really understanding yourself and how you show up amazing, you know, really, really strong like that is so important. And to, you know, to think of a world for a lot of people to think of a world or think of yourself when there, there aren't judgments or the idea of what I can or can't do getting in the way. Um, I know from my personal experience, there was a time where I didn't, if you asked me that question, well, if, who would you be if you didn't feel judgment or if you didn't, there wasn't any limiting possibilities anywhere, who would you be? That would be a very hard question for me um, when I was in my corporate job. And so I think that is the place to start. Um, and it's, it's, it's a really exciting question actually to think, well, how would I think if I, if I wasn't holding myself back with any of these doubts? What would I do? And it wouldn't be something you could answer immediately, but to start playing with that and list and then getting curious, like we talked about earlier, getting curious and start playing around with that. That's really exciting. But along this journey, and we've talked about this, we're, we're constantly growing. We're constantly, you know, falling off back to some old little patterns and then coming back and maybe bouncing back a bit quicker. I've heard mm -hmm. you talk about um, in this journey of self-discovery and trying to be leverage your best self. Mm -hmm. You've gone down some different paths. You've, you've looked at your health, you know, your, mm -hmm. your nutrition and your physiology. You've looked at your psychology, your mindset. And then you got led to this idea of identity. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so this is something that as I've kind of been processing and decoding the last few years in my life, which, as I said, have been a major pivot point for me, major inflection. Uh, um, and what lessons I learned because now, you know, very much I help my clients with that in their business. I'm like, well, whatever I can bring from my own experience, let's do that. And I started thinking about how, okay, well, um, to, you know, this question of when do I create my best work? And the, at first it is questions of like time, using your time wisely. And, you know, we all hear those things like, 
you know, know if your, uh, your brain is showing up best in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, maybe in the middle of the night, maybe that is your thing. So there's kind of that time and, and there's no lack of time management stuff out there. And then the next one is energy management, right? And that's like, um, you know, anything from, uh, and I think about my energy a lot, not just from, you know, eating food and exercising, but also like what feeds my creative energy. Um, and I, I work really hard to actually protect and fuel my creative energy because it's so valuable to me and what I do and, and not only making money, but just feeling fulfilled in, in the world. Um, and there's a lot of great information out there about energy management uh, as well. And I have been learning a lot more there. And then I finally realized like, but the biggest thing that I've been doing is there's like these identity pieces that I've had to dig into. And some of them I've, I've had, I've been, I, um, I don't want to say change because I think they were there. I was just kind of like unlayering and unblocking them. Unlocked them, yeah. And, and I realized that in some ways I was having some, a lot of shame that was kind of locked around some parts of who I was because the way that I, the way that I naturally wanted to operate as a creative, you know, like let's just take the example of, well, all my colleagues and friends would say, no, you, you, you want a scalable business. Therefore, digital products are the holy grail. Yet my identity after I was unlayering was saying, you're not happy doing that. And so, of course, at a moment, I'm going to have to ask that question of like, wait, but is that wrong? No, I mean, what a silly question to ask. But, you know, of course, I didn't want the wrong answer, the one that's not going to make money, the one that I'm going to regret, the one that's going to make me feel like a failure. But I had to, like, trust more and more that, okay, my identity is to operate more this way. And even if somebody's awesome time management tips or awesome energy management tips or business model formulas or funnel, you know, structures, if it doesn't fit that entity identity, I'm just, you know, I'm just banging my head against the wall and I need to align with that identity. Now, what do you do when you find a piece of your identity and you're like, that feels not preferable to operate that way. I really kind of wish I know why I'm that way. And I really wish that I wouldn't be. And it's probably because of this thing in my childhood. And so also we started going like, and so that, I mean, this might show up in, there was a book, No Sweat that I read, which is about exercise and it's a fantastic book. And I used to whip myself going like, I just got to get myself to the gym. I just got to get myself to the gym. That's what I'm supposed to do. I got to get myself to the gym because that's what the marketing establishment or either that or buy P90X at home. Those are like my choices. And I'm like, neither of those feel good to me at all. And I don't even know if I can name all the reasons why. And finally, I had to just like, own the fact that like in my identity, for whatever reason, like I don't naturally just go to the gym and it's okay to look for an alternative that is in more alignment with my identity of mm -hmm. who I am. Maybe that piques my curiosity. In fact, that's, and that's why like, I think I'm gonna sign up for a martial art because that's gonna engage my mind and my curiosity and my body and my, or, you know, it could also look like going to the park and running around with my kid for half an hour because I love being with my kid and that's okay, even though it doesn't look this way it should. So it's important to find those identity pieces, shed the stuff that you can that's not aligning with that. And then at the same time, sometimes own part of your identity that yes, you might wish that it was different. And hopefully at some point, maybe you stop wishing that. Yes, it might not look like what the mainstream, whatever the freak that means, you know, scientists, medical, marketers, whatever are telling you it should look like. And this comes back to intuition and go, just like, look, okay, that's okay. My, my identity is that way. And hence, I'm going to make my structures, my business model, my habits, my day-to-day -day fit that identity. And I'm going to be okay with it. And it's mm. self-compassion and self-acceptance in the end, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm preaching to myself as much as anything here. Yeah, that's so important. I know that's something that 
we've really discovered is that, as you said, even in business, you, you start off looking at what people are doing, you follow their models to get started, right? And yeah. then get curious and think, well, well, how does this actually relate to me? And I think that's such an important point. And I think a lot of people listening will be actually really encouraged by that, that, mm. that they're not wrong for feeling obliged to take steps that they're told to. But there's an mm. element of being honest with yourself as well. And, you know, listening to, okay, what do I really want to do and who do I really want to show up as, making sure that that is in alignment with where you want to go and not where you're staying, right? Um, right. and, it, and it's so, so important. I remember someone telling me um, or asking me the question once, if, if you were dropped on the earth and, you know, the only thing stripped away were anyone that you'd ever met or knew, hmm. any, any um, rules or... or, or government or anything that you ever knew you just got dropped on the earth right now brand new without knowing anything or anyone who would you be mm. and it's mm. a really thought-provoking question and yeah. it made me realize how much of my own identity i'd attached <clears throat> to how other people see me mm -hmm. or how other people expect me to show up right. or what people right. expect to be able to be possible for me right mm -hmm. and based on my last few years you know had i not have had people like emily um really questioning and challenging those possibility mindsets, I would still be in, you know, potentially still be in that place. Yeah. Right. And so what yeah. you said is so, so important and it's very relevant. I know you talk about this, how that's really relevant to how people brand themselves online. Um, because it's how, you know, getting to know yourself before you're putting yourself out there as an individual is so, so important because if you're, like you said, on this, in this online world where maybe people aren't getting to see you face to face a lot of the time, getting that identity piece right is crucial because yeah. you can't show up the best as someone else, as a mask. Right. You can only show up the best as you. And so I know you've written here and I'll quote you, um, people, people want to market and brand themselves online because they are driven primarily by a sense of meaning and a desire to impact the world. We need better business and strategy resources to help those new leaders because the previous way of marketing online doesn't feel aligned for their mission. Right. So tell right. us a bit more about how you would go about helping someone align with their mission. Let's say they've had a business, they're, they're doing something, they're going a long way, but it's just, it's just not feeling right. How do you get aligned and personally with what it is you're doing and making sure that the message is authentic? So one thing I just want to say really quickly is that I think when we do start out as like brand new entrepreneurs and you're seeing that opportunity online, yes, at times you're going to like uh, <clears throat> hook onto formulas and, and that might be okay because you're getting used to being an entrepreneur and so you kind of want somebody, you, you kind of need somebody else to do some of the thinking and just follow this formula. But then, yeah, you get to a point, I think it is where there's a, a dissonance with your identity. It's like, I don't want to be the, you know, uh, Pinterest expert for the rest of my life. And that's what you're identifying yourself as online. But when it comes to impact and meaning inside of you, there's some more vast identity that you, that is just like wanting to like come out. And so what I, what I do, um, I, I have a process that I call a strategy process, but it, even before it gets to like real, like business model adjustment and things like that, it's a process of helping people go back into themselves and reconnect with some of that identity that they probably did see in the past and then maybe they've kind of drifted away from or forgotten or in layer new pieces that are ready now to come out. And 
there's a number of different tools. And like I said, I love facilitating and asking good questions. And there's a number of things I do to help people and to layer that. But my process kind of breaks it into three areas, and that's vision, voice, and value. And vision is, okay, well, what do you want not only for your, I mean, yes, for yourself, what do you want to be recognized for? What do you want to leave behind? Um, you know, what do you want your life to look like? What do you want your body of work to look like? But then what do you want the world to look like or your community or your industry at the very least, right? And, you know, this is usually a statement that in your mind it shows up as something like, man, imagine a world where, and so for me, it's like, imagine a world where more people knew that their ideas, their method, their message could have a huge impact on some corner of the world and the world needed that. And that could be their contribution and probably make a pretty good living doing it too. Imagine a world where more people embraced that. So that's kind of like my vision and I help others. And, 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 you know, vision at first for a lot of people is that freedom and that lifestyle and, and certain money, but you get to a certain point and now the vision I think is more about contribution. Second thing, voice is that's your perspective. That's who you are. It's what you want to say to the world. And it, it, it's going to come from a very deep, authentic place, probably founded in, some of the biggest struggles in your life. Um, and and where, whatever it is that's caused you to go, I really wanna share this thing with the world, um, you have something to say that even though it might sound kinda like other people saying it, and sometimes people struggle with this, it's like, well, how am I supposed to go bigger with this message when I feel like there's 5,000 people saying the same message? Mm -hmm. And it might sound cliche, but it's like, look, there's only one of you that can say it the way you say it. And it's not just about finding people who would be interested in your you know, your message of Pinterest or your message of health or your message of like paleo diet or whatever it is, it's that you have certain stories and values and a perspective on that thing that other people are going to hear and go, you're the one I want to hear this from. Mm. Right. And so the more you embrace that niche of you and have it just in your marketing and in your business model and in all your product offers and in which probably have been formed according to some formulas that sadly have buried some of that identity and perspective and voice. Now we got to start shedding some of that stuff to unlock that within you. So we dive a lot into voice and there's a number of different activities that I help people do. But one thing that I have people think about is come up with the three whys, which is why is your work important to the person um, that you want to serve? So your customer, that's marketing 101. What's in it for them? You probably hopefully have a good answer to that. Second of all, why is your work or your product or your business important to you? And sometimes we don't think about that because we're just so want, we just were going after Well, I just want to know that people will buy it. And you forget that it's like, well, maybe it should be important to you too. And when it is, the value is bigger. But also these days people want to know that there's something in it for you other than money because otherwise they consciously or unconsciously stop trusting you. Right. And then the third thing is, well, why is it important to the world? And that's a big, scary question to ask. It's like, well, just me, one person, one business. It's like, well, yeah, why would the world be worse off if your business or your work stopped existing mm -hmm. today? And there is an answer to that question. And for me, I've gotten to a place where I truly believe that the world needs to hear a message that I have about your ideas need to be amplified. The internet gives you the opportunity. It doesn't have to look like internet marketing, biz op, you know, and that there's a way to find that, dig it up, connect it with the market, make great money, make a great impact. And I want more people to, to, to realize that, right? And so that's my, why it's important to the world. The world would be a better place with more of these new leaders solving problems in an only way that they, in, in a way that only they can solve it. Yeah. And then value is everything we've been saying about unique genius, so we don't need to repeat that. So it's vision, voice, value, vision, voice, value. And you want to have really good definitions for those three things. And then that's part of the foundation that needs to inform everything you do in your business. When you write an email, 
vision, voice, value better be in there. When you create a product, vision, voice, value, it better be in there and so on and so forth. The goal is to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world to unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. News blogs, informative podcasts, and entertaining videos. It's AmericaOutloud.com, where the conversation never ends. With 24-7 streaming on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Tell me, uh, let's talk a little bit more about business, Jason, because how this all applies to what you're doing now, and I know that you're constantly evolving and changing and shifting and living up to what you talked about earlier, being curious and kind of exploring and and finding uh, how you can do even more than all of those amazing things we talked about right at the very beginning, right. uh, constantly leveraging. Um, tell us about this, initially this, this thought leader business model that is made up of five key elements that you, you've mentioned in the past to me before. Absolutely. So yeah, over the last few years, like I said, I've been doing a lot of consulting and one of the reasons was to find like, what are people struggling with? I knew I wanted to work with people who had an idea to share with the world and that was their primary thing. So I started consulting a lot of those businesses and paying attention to what are the problems they're running into. And, you know, usually, and you know, you know, this as being a coach, like the person you're trying to help is probably kind of self-diagnosed to a certain, what they think the problem or the solution is to a certain degree. And we would sit down in the room and I, you know, so they might hire me like, Hey, I need to help. I need your help in brushing up my funnel or like my messaging's off or something. And that might be a part of the puzzle, right? But to be a good consultant, I had to kind of come back and ask them things like vision, voice, and value, and we need to check back in with their audience, and like, okay, what's the marketplace really wanting and saying? Has that shifted? And then bring this together, and okay, what are the present realities of your business in terms of cash flow, and you've got your team, and you've got different commitments. Okay, now we've got this Venn diagram, and somewhere in the middle of this Venn diagram of like the you inside vision, voice, value, uh, we didn't go into this, but the the ideal customer, which I break into relevance, resonance, and remarkability, and we won't we'll go into that, but that's another piece of the Venn diagram, and then just the present realities of your business, you know, that's an, an operating machine right now. In the middle, right there, the cross-section is an ideal bot- business model for you, and it doesn't look like any of the like three models that everybody thinks they have to choose, because that's what the marketers are like trumpeting the biggest out there right now, right? And so I finally thought, well, what are the pieces I need to look at with somebody to make sure they're aligned Mm -hmm. in order for them to be that authentic best self operating within their business, in order for their business to absolutely support and drive and fuel and make inevitable the body of work that they want to put out there. And uh, sure, make more money too if that's what they want as well. And so I came up with five things that we had to look at to find out where the fogginess was and to realign stuff. So number one is just audience. And a lot of times when I come to work with people who've been you know, successful for a while, they've got a lifestyle business super, and now they're kind of stuck. Often it's because they want to go to a bigger audience or kind of sidestep the audience or they've kind of attracted two different audiences and they're trying to figure out. So there's some kind of mess there and they need to redefine. And it's, not, it's very normal at some point to go, my audience needs to change, but then it's kind of hard to know how to go from here to there mm. and not confuse the marketplace and not like, you know, mess your own business up that you already have. And what do you do? So that's the audience piece. Who do you serve best? Who do you want to serve most going forward? And then understanding and empathizing with what they really want and need. After audience is messaging. Well, what are you saying to that audience? What do you say to the world? Why does it matter? What are you getting attention with? What is that thing that only you can say with your perspective, your stories, your experience, right? And you got to be very, very clear. And that's where voice comes in really is an important piece, especially both vision and voice. Your message contains that vision. It contains that voice. And hopefully you're communicating that message with your 
unique value, your unique, uh, unique genius. So audience and message. Third thing that we have is value proposition, mm-hmm. value proposition. Now in a thought leader business, you probably heard things like unique value proposition and that's, you know, a sound marketing principle. But what I mean when I say value proposition is what is the thing you want to bring to the world when thought of in a terms of like a signature method. So here's like the kinds of outcomes, like the, the future you imagine for the people you work with, how do you get them from where they're at now to where they're going? And there's probably some kind of assessment and then taking them through some steps and then finally they get to where they're going. And you have a signature method that only you provide and if you don't, you need to have. And actually this is not, I'm not talking about products. This isn't a workshop or an online course. This is a process that you could deliver in a myriad of ways. Um, and in fact, it's important to identify what that process looks like, make it your own, give it its own names. These are all the things informed by, yes, some of it sounds like what other people in your industry do and some of it is just you and there it is. And then once you've got that solid, then it's a lot easier to start slicing and dicing or expanding or and putting it into different um, products and, and income streams. Fourth thing is then message channels. So this is how are you getting your message out there to reach that ideal audience, to get their attention, keep their attention, and then eventually to get them to buy, which is a very basic customer journey. And this is content marketing. This is like, are you podcasting and blogging? Are you the, but even more so, it's how do these things work together to get the attention of that person, earn their trust over time, and get them to that call to action to put your stuff into place and also uh, to buy from you, right? And a lot of people, this is like they're thinking about funnel, 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 and like, okay, that's at a low level. Yes, funnels are a thing for business. But at a higher level, what's the customer journey that you're really trying to create here with your content and your marketing and your first product and second product and third product for them? And I find that a lot of people haven't tied that down properly, and it's because they've been copying somebody else's business model, and they're either missing something or it just doesn't fit in the end. So that's uh, messaging channels. Last one is value channels. How do you take that signature process and make it into whatever channels you want? And for me, I've discovered I want it to be workshops. I want it to be in-person events. I want it on occasion to be um, VIP days where I sit down in the room. I eventually will probably make a digital course, but that's not my primary thing that I want to do to reach more people. But right now I'm focused on my unique genius. So value channels that fit my unique genius, that fit the audience, that fit my message, that fit my unique, my, my process. And, um, and that might mean, you know, restructuring the kinds of products I'm used to making and making them something that's actually going to be way more resonant with the market, fulfilling, fulfilling for me. So messaging, or audience messaging, value proposition or signature method, uh, messaging channels and value channels. And so I just go through each of those five and I find the sticking points. Where is it out of alignment with vision, value, and voice? Mm. Where is it out of alignment with the customer, relevance, resonance, remarkability? And where is it, you know, and how, how do we start adjusting that so we meet present realities in your business while still moving forward towards that ultimate ideal business model and vision that you have in the future. But those, that five piece thing, that's what guides me in my, my work with thought leaders that I work with. And that's amazing. And if I, we listen to your whole journey that we've talked about here, everyone that's listening, that is how you build a business when mm-hmm. you're really in touch with you and, and your mm-hmm. values and how to leverage yourself. Because you can't, if you're modeling someone else's business to get started, one thing you can't model is purpose. You can't model someone else's purpose. And so that's where the sticking point is. And everything that this journey we've been talking through and that Jason's been sharing with us has really described how that journey of really knowing how to get in touch with you and, and what your, you know, what the niche of you is, right? <laughs> then you apply that to your business and the big vision and the purpose of every element of your business. And I'm sure Jason will, will attest to this as we, as I can in, in with me and mine and Emily's business, 
when you're doing something that feels really in alignment, whether it's what someone else has taught you or not, it's much more successful. It feels, it feels better. It flows better. It, it, it's not busy work that feels like hustle. It's busy work that is just energizing, I guess. That's the difference. It's energizing busy work rather than um, feeling like you're just, as Emily would say, throwing spaghetti against the wall. Just feeling like <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. guessing the whole time. If yeah. you feel in your businesses, if you, in your business <laughs> or in your life that you're guessing, it's because maybe there's, there's, an, there's a disconnect to your ultimate purpose. Mm-hmm. and, and what a beautiful journey you've taken us on today Jason it's so amazing um, what I'd love for you to share with everyone listening is, is first off if you could give s- some key points of advice about everything we've talked about today that they can take away from this call um, and really start moving forward in finding their niche of their, their, their personal niche their unique genius what would that yeah. advice be? um yeah, so it would uh, sit down and ask yourself, what are you curious about right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, set a time, some set aside some time every week to pursue that. Pursue might mean um, reading, studying, learning. It might be going and experiencing. It might be connecting with certain people to follow that curiosity. Whatever that is, and just allow yourself that time to explore because it is going to start throwing out clues to you of um, either new possibilities when it comes to the niche of you or just reclarifying the niche of you or, um, you know, just, anyway, just, just figuring out what, what changes you might need to, to start, um, making. Um, the other thing is you gotta have, um, you gotta have help getting through this process. You know, you just, you, it's the classic getting too close to it. I call it the record producer principle. It's, you know, even Prince, when he was going into the record, uh, into the recording studio, probably with like 30 or 40 songs he's written, and now he wants to get it down to 12 or 13 for a new album, he'd take a record producer with him. And the record producer was there to pull the best creativity out of him, Mm -hmm. um, to catch him maybe when he started like selling himself short, or to go, you know what, I think we need a pre-chorus, and I think you could make this song stronger. How about you go write something, and then we'll come back and work with it. Like you're there to pull the best authentic self out of him, right? It's true of anything we do in life, and that's why coaching is a thing. That's why therapy is a thing. Um, and so whether that's in the form of uh, you know, an, an amazing spouse, the form of a, a great friend you can sit down with regularly, a mastermind, a coach, a consultant, there's a lot of forms that comes in, find whatever you feel like you need right now. You gotta have that outside input to start helping you reconnect with vision, voice, and, um, and value. Uh, sit down and do the three whys exercise for voice. That's a great place to start. When it comes to vision, um, you know, one exercise that I really like is think about five people that you admire something about their work. Okay. It, might, it probably not even, it doesn't have to be in their industry, your industry either. Either the opportunities they have, the kind of work they do, the way they've, um, their, their, the way their career has gone. Write down those names, people you make, who might make you jealous, because that sometimes is a clue, too. There's yeah. a reason it's making you jealous. And then write down three or four bullets for each of those five people as to what it is about them that you admire or are jealous of. Then cross out all five of their names and write you at the top. And that's one way to sometimes think about your vision without this pressure of like, oh, it's on me. And then your editing brain, like, is this possible? Can I really do that? Externalize it. Use those heroes, write it all down, then cross out their names. This is uh, something I got from Aisha Bursell, who wrote a great book about designing a life you love. Mm, um, so there's a, value, a vision thing that people can do. And then in terms of value, go take uh, Finder 2.0, and that's Unique Genius. 
Uh, lots and lots and lots of tools that I have my clients use to start uncovering this authentic best self. But that's one that immediately I had them all do is like, they go take Strengths Finder. It's a little book, about $15. You get an assessment a code to take an assessment, about 20 minutes. You find out your top five talents out of 30 talents. This is backed by research by the Gallup organization. You read about your top five talents and immediately you start looking at Oh my God, that's why it hasn't been working well for me. Or, ooh, ooh, I can't wait to do more of that. That totally is true. And that's a th that's gonna give you clues for your unique genius. So right there, handful of things that people can do, an exercise for each of vision voice values, start uncovering the niche of you. Right, so listen to that, everybody. There's no excuse. If any of this is tickling your fancy, if you're sort of thinking, oh, maybe mm -hmm. that's maybe that's me, maybe there's a direction that I get to go in now, um, just start, right? Just get to know who you are at your best. Get some accountability, get a coach, get a, get a friend, get someone to just help you start. And, and Jason, where can people find you? If they want to access some of what you do, they want to dive into some of these tools, where can they find you? Well, the absolute best thing is to get on my newsletter. And let me tell you this, like I, I do send a weekly newsletter. It's kind of the normal thing. It's typically on Fridays and I send you five things I, I think you should be, that I think will be of value to you. Um, and then sometimes you get on my email list and all of a sudden I'll, e I'll email you like once a day for seven days because I've got something awesome that I'm thinking about and I want my readers to be thinking about it with me. And it's gonna be along the kinds of stuff that we've been list talking about. So if any of this stuff has resonated, and you wanna be where I first start throwing out ideas of like, oh, okay, here's something new to think about when it comes to, I love helping leaders and business owners think about the things that they don't know they need to be thinking about or think about the things they know they need to be thinking about and they're just not getting around to doing it. And so if I can facilitate that, whether with my newsletter or something, so uh, jasonvanorden.com slash newsletter and sign up for that. And I can't, um, I can't recommend this guy enough uh, because not only is he, been through the journey himself which i think is the best education you can ever have is you go through the journey yourself and you grow and you, we're all still going through the journey right all of us are still growing and so not only he's extremely educated extremely knowledgeable extremely experienced but the nicest most generous person you could ever meet and so i couldn't recommend him enough he's such a great guy and it's been such an honor jason for you to um spend this time with us today i know you're an extremely busy person so it's it's really really um no, noted how you know, how lucky we are on this show to have had you uh, share and be open and, and vulnerable and honest and, and just deliver so much amazing content. So thank you so much for, for uh, your time today. Well, you're welcome. It's absolutely my pleasure. And, uh, you know, these, these are things that are important for me to, to share. So I appreciate you giving me a platform. Clearly, I care about these ideas a lot. And so I really hope that they've resonated with those who have listened today. I don't think they could be anything more than extremely <laughs> impactful for anyone that listens. So thank you, Jason. Uh, everyone else is listening. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you so much. We've got more shows coming up. There's a lot of great episodes coming up before we take a break um, in the autumn. So make sure you check them out. There's some great ones coming after this one as well. And we'll be speaking to you all soon. So take care. Goodbye and speak to you soon. <laughs>